0: Uh, Dan, I guess my first question, uh, it's question—it's—it's—it's it's a hot topic on the college football level. Uh, can you give us a little insight into what is going on on the hill in Knoxville right now? Well, I think just after the season that they had and taking a step back and looking at the entire athletic department, obviously their basketball program is, is good, but it's football that really drives the bus at Tennessee and always has, and they've got a new chancellor there And it's been a bit of a mess. And I think the chancellor uh, said, hey, listen, you know, we we have to start over here. We have to clean house and get a new football coach, a new athletic director, and and try to do this a different way because it had been spiraling in the wrong direction, not to mention NCAA violations potentially. And so uh, I think it's just a matter of hitting the reset button and not wanting to wait any longer to get that done. Uh, Dan, you know, talk about Tennessee for a second. You know, they hired a great AD and Danny White from the UCF. Um, can you maybe give us some insight who maybe Tennessee might be looking at as a head coach? I think it's pretty wide open. Look, Danny White is a athletic director. If you look at his track record, he does not go with the names that everyone is talking about on Twitter. He has his own list. He evaluates... Guys, differently, he's not afraid to think outside the box. Uh, I'm sure that some of the names people are talking about, whether you know that's Jamie Chadwell or Tony Elliott or guys like that, I'm sure they're on some list. I'm sure they're being considered, but there's probably some guys Danny White's looking at who nobody's talking about at all. And you know, I do think that Tennessee, uh, with given what they paid to to get Danny White, I, I think there's a strong commitment there to get football right. I think they'll probably, you know, take a take a shot at some bigger fish, and then if that doesn't happen, then it may be an outside the box hire. Because, like I said, Danny White, he's he thinks about this a little bit differently, and he's not he's not looking to uh, the consensus or the media to figure out who he should hire. He, he's going to do it all on his own. Go ahead, Raymond. Well, since you are um, part of USA Today and everything, how how do you like um, doing that every day as a as a journalist? Well, I've wanted to be in sports journalism, you know, for a long time. Um, since I was in high school, it was kind of my career path of what I wanted to do, and uh, all throughout college, I worked hard to try to establish a a career once I got out of school and you know kind of worked my way up uh, from you know smaller uh, newspapers to larger papers and eventually landed at USA Today so um, I really enjoy my job I have a great job it's you know you never know what every day is going to bring this year or this past year that has been no better example of that I never could have imagined the way you know the 2020 uh, season would, would play out and everything that went into reporting in you know April, May, June, July about just even whether there was going to be a college football season so it's it's really challenging and it's it's a lot of fun and I certainly uh, am, am very fortunate to have the job I have. Reminiscing on my college days as a newspaper writer for the sports section in my college. Christine would go ahead. Yeah, more on the Tennessee situation. Uh, I was a little surprised when Fulmer stepped down. What do you, What are your thoughts on that? Well, I wasn't that surprised. I mean, look, Fulmer um, he fits sort of this this old, uh, outdated model of of what an athletic director should be. You know, back in the day, that was what retired coaches did as they became the athletic director. But the job has changed so much in the last twenty five years, and really, it's a very sp- special skill set and it's it's very different than the skill set you need as a head coach Um, it's fundraising it's media rights it's 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 organizing uh, events and booster uh, recruitment and uh, facility building and all all these other things that that go into it and there are certainly some former you know big time coaches who've who've done the job well but but generally speaking uh, the people who are the best athletic directors came up through athletic administration. Uh, the, you know, they they worked in athletic departments, uh, Start whether it was fundraising or they started in the ticket office or the some even in the sports information department. And, you know, you get sort of a whole view of, of how the athletic department runs. Football coaches generally only focus on football. They only focus on their program. And so Fulmer was just not an effective athletic director. Uh, and and the job, you know, the one thing that that you were you would hope that he could do well, which is identify and hire a good football coach, turned out to be a disaster because Jeremy Pruitt was his hire and it didn't work out. So um, I wasn't real surprised um, they had to do something if they were going to make a coaching change. They could not let Fulmer select the next coach. Uh, Dan, switch it over to college basketball real quick. Um, specifically the memphis tigers uh when you look at penny hardaway and the job he has done there uh give me give me your, just your opinion on the job he's done and and uh more on a, on a on a national spectrum of how the the nation looks at Memphis. well i i think at this point it would have to be considered a, a disappointment and you know i think penny went into that job and this is just my opinion i haven't heard him say this or i haven't heard anyone who knows him say this but i i think he thought this was going to be easy, that he was going to, you know, get the Memphis job and get a few players, recruit a few big time guys, and that it was going to be easy. And that's not how it is. It's in college basketball. Um, It's tough. And you're going to, you know, it's more than just about recruitment and more than just about X's and O's. It's about managing a roster. It's about uh, dealing with off-court stuff with players—it's about expectations, it's about setting the culture and getting guys to 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 buy into a team concept and you know laying out a plan for them individually uh, for for their success and then fitting them into a team concept. Like these are very difficult things to do. It's why not everybody can can be a head coach. There are guys who are great assistants or great basketball minds or great recruiters, but they, they aren't necessarily great head coaches. You have to have the whole package and, you know, maybe he'll get there, but as of right now, you know, I think Penny's proven to be uh, okay at, at bringing in talent. And I don't think he's like a bad X as an O's coach, but I think the, the issue that he's had the biggest problem with is just, just managing the, uh, you know, ma- managing the roster and, and, you know, getting guys to, you know, play selflessly and play disciplined. Uh, That has not really been a strength uh, of that program under Penny Hardaway. then the national exposure part? Well, I mean, yeah, look, they definitely got a lot of national exposure. um, But ultimately, you know, I'm just a believer that that that's a, a short term thing that goes away if you stop winning. I don't think they're getting a lot of national exposure right now. They did in his first year because he was new and he recruited James Wiseman, and uh, he's a you know big star in the world of basketball. But they haven't won, so I, I haven't really seen a lot of national attention, or at least good national attention, for them. You know, in in the last year or so, um, you, know, you certainly there was an argument uh, to hire Penny Hardaway to revive the program and all the things that that he, he you know brought brought to life but those are short-term things like if you're going to make it work over the long haul you've got to establish a good program and i don't think they've done that yet Aaron go, ahead, Aaron. go ahead go ahead go ahead oh um <clears throat> um here someone else can go i was just i was just uh responding yeah just a little bit uh, Dan, Dan uh, when, you, when you look at the uh, NFL schedule, of course, we've got a great game going on now. Another one coming up later on the night. Uh, what do you think of the keys uh, for to, uh, tonight's game, specifically uh, between two great quarterbacks and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes? Well, it's certainly got the potential to be um, a lot of fireworks in that game, and uh, obviously Mahomes uh, coming off a bit of an injury. Certainly, don't know how he's gonna do physically. I think um you know all the signs during the week have, have seemed positive, but but you never know till you get out there and, and hey maybe you get hit once or twice and and we'll see. Um certainly they need him to to win the game. Buffalo's been a great story. They've played really well. Uh I think you know they, they should go in this, this game with a lot of confidence given as well as they've played in in the playoffs and you know Allen's um Allen certainly uh, has a lot of, you know, he, certainly a lot of talent, but also just a lot of moxie uh, about him and the way he plays. So yeah, I think it should be fun. Dan, as an NFL right now, you know, a lot of rumors are going around regarding stuff going on in the NFL right now. But uh, can you talk about how where when uh, Deshaun Watson does get traded, where Deshaun Watson could be a good fit for another program, and are we kind of surprised that? The Kansas City offensive coordinator really hasn't got it got a job yet yeah well I think certainly you know any team that doesn't feel like they have their quarterback uh long term should be looking at ways to possibly get Deshaun Watson he's a great player you look at the numbers he put up this year even though they lost he was he he had a tremendous season and and he's he's got you know he, he's he got a decade in front of him where, where he should be one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL so um i don't know who will be willing to meet the price that, that houston's gonna want in uh in a trade but certainly you know a team like the jets for instance i think would be well um i think they'd be well advised to to put some picks up there and see what what they can work out maybe uh you know as far as eric biennemi um it's it's a curious situation uh there's been a lot of openings a lot of guys who are less accomplished than him uh i don't know you know certainly there's there's a racial dynamic that that people look at in the nfl when um there's not very many black head coaches and uh they have this rooney rule where teams have to interview minorities and be and enemies gotten interviews but he's not landed a job and i don't i don't really know why that is um but certainly when you look at some of the hires that are made in the nfl it does seem a little bit curious Dan. i just want to say from a memphis guy that's enjoyed your articles in the past and now appreciate everything that you've done for the city of memphis you know when you were here living here means a lot to me that you know that you came on today as well yeah no memphis is a good town i had some uh, really good years there and enjoyed it uh, enjoyed living there and uh still have some friends there so uh, don't get to don't get to go back uh too much uh Frankly, I don't get to go anywhere these days because uh, we're all kind of <laughs> stuck at home. But um, yeah, no, Memphis has uh, treated me well and really enjoyed it. It was a special uh, and unique time and uh, certainly personally and professionally have a lot of great memories. I'd, I'd like to ask, it, man. ask one thing before we go, go back to college basketball. Are you surprised what's going on with Kentucky right now? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, look it's hard year after year to build a program the way John Calipari has tried to build it at Kentucky. Uh, His teams are really young, and we've seen this trend in college basketball stronger and stronger over time that you don't win with freshmen. You -hmm. win with older players in college basketball. And, you know, he, he has not really found at least the last, you know, few years the right balance between, bringing in, you know, top five, top 10 guys, versus um, transfers versus developing, you know, part of the problem he runs into, or he's run into, when you advertise yourself as the program that gets guys ready for the NBA, is it's hard to convince good players who are not NBA prospects, to come there, and either play behind or, you know, not play at all, because you've got to go play you know you've got to play this freshman who's probably not as good or not ready to help win games but they're supposed to be there one year and go to the nba it it just makes it a tough chemistry mix i think it's hard to convince guys even transfers to go there uh, for for a year or two um so i'm surprised they're this bad but you Know the fact that the fact is the trends of the sport are just sort of against Kentucky right now, mm-hmm. most definitely. All right, Dan, thank that. you very much for joining us. Uh, roughly 15 20 minutes today. Uh, it's been a great honor to have you on our show, and we appreciate it greatly. Uh, thank you for everybody watching. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, four star sports show. Please give us a follow. Thanks, guys.